In this week's parasha, we have the din of Eidos, testimony, that in a court of law in Abesdin, when we need to verify an incident, whether something really happened, whether somebody committed a crime, whether somebody's guilty of the death penalty, you need to have two witnesses that testify that they saw the actual event, the actual occurrence of the crime. And the Torah says, Al-Pishnai made him you can only put a person to death if there are two or three witnesses testifying against him. cannot be put to death by the testimony of one individual witness. Now, the Rambam in Hilchas Yisayda HaTerem uses this uh, principle of testimony of two witnesses in Hilchas Yisayda for the uh, verification of the truth of the Torah. How do we know that the Torah was really given to, to the Jewish people at Har Sinai? And the Ramam says, Moshe Rabbeinu lohiminu bo Yisra We didn't believe Moshe because of his miracles that he performed. When Moshe said that Hashem is speaking to us and giving us the Torah, how did we know it's true? He says, because they saw they saw Bamamad Hasina Shenenu Rov Lazor, our own eyes witnessed and saw and heard the, the fire and the thunder and the lightning, and he went into the into the cloud on top of the mountain, and, and they heard the voice speaking to him, and they said to him, Moshe, Moshe, go tell the Jewish people so and so. And then they heard the, the Ten Commandments. And what the Rambam says is that all the Jewish people who witnessed that are now officially witnesses. By law, they can be considered as legal witnesses that makes the evidence of this event uh, true. Because Torah says that the testimony of two witnesses who claim to have witnessed an event is by law considered to be absolutely true. And the Rama says it's the same as with any legal matter which can be established by the testimony of two witnesses. It's interesting that the Rama invokes a legal principle if the Ramah wants to teach us why we know that the Torah is true, then he could say, listen, Jews have passed it on for so many years, for generations, from generation to generation, parents to children. But the Ramah is not satisfied with that. The Ramah adds a legal concept of witnesses, that the Torah decrees that we must believe when two witnesses testify about something. And as the Ramah himself says, it's not necessarily logical Two witnesses testifying is not foolproof. Two witnesses can also be lying. But Torah says that in a context, in the framework of law, of a Bezdin, it should be considered, as long as they pass the verification and interrogations, we consider them as absolute credible, absolutely credible, and we can, based on their testimony, punish an individual and even put someone to death. Now, regarding this idea of two witnesses... There are, there's a big interesting debate about whether witnesses have to actually see the actual physical event. So uh, the Gemara has a discussion about what's called what if we know but we didn't see it? We know with absolute certainty that something happened. So the witnesses have circumstantial evidence that um, absolutely and axiomatically proves that what they claim actually did happen. But they're short of seeing it. They didn't see it. Can we rely on such testimony? And here there's a, a, a difference between 
uh, when it's a civil case involving money and financial liabilities or when we're dealing with death penalty, with corporal punishment. Uh, when it comes to fi financial matters, where the Gemara says you can rely on circumstantial evidence. And the Gemara has an example. Somebody uh, had an ox or an animal that was very wild and had aggressive had a record of aggressive behavior against other animals in, in the past had been known to injure and to even kill other animals um, and now we found all the animals of different owners together and that person's aggressive animal was also amongst them and we find a dead animal next to the aggressive one and the question is who like which whose animal likely did it and the circumstantial evidence is uh, quite uh, compelling and very highly probable that the aggressive animal did it because he has a history. So can we, based on that circumstantial evidence, charge the owner of that aggressive animal to pay? So that's, and Allah is he could, as long as there's high probability. When it comes to capital punishment, the Rambam believes you have to actually see it. Now, there's a very interesting case in the Talmud. It's a classic case where Shimon ben Shatach, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, was once walking with a friend, and they saw a man chasing another person with a knife in his hand, and they both ran into a cave, and the man with the knife chasing, following behind the victim, and Shimon Meshatech and the man who witnessed that hurried quickly to the cave to see what they could do to save the man. But by the time they arrived, it was too late. The, the guy with the knife was standing over the body of the victim who was in a, in a, lying in a pool of blood. And the blood was dripping from the knife that was held in the hand of the, the pursuer. There were no other entrances to the, to the cave. It's the only entrance that was there, and there was no one else in the cave. So the only one who could have murdered this man is the guy who held the knife in his hand. Shimon Meshadach turned to the man and said, "We obviously you did it, but the fact that I didn't see it with my own eyes, so I can't testify against you. So human justice, the courts cannot do justice in this case because there are no witnesses that actually witnessed the physical um, crime. And so he says, God will have to exercise justice in your case. And the Talmud says that the man walked out of the cave, the murderer. He thought he was now scot-free. And a snake came and bit him and he died. Divine justice was done. What we see here that even in, a, in such a highly compelling case, with such circumstantial evidence, well, the only possibility, short of of this, um, the man with the knife being the murderer, would be that somehow the victim took the knife and killed himself, and then the the, the, guy, the other guy took the, the knife in his hand, which is very, very highly unlikely. As we saw, he was chasing after him with the intent to kill him. But here's another, another, another even more probable case. The Gemara Shavuos has a case where somebody... Two witnesses are seeing or watching an event where two individuals walk into a room and 
there's no other entrance to that room, and there's nobody else in the room. They checked the room, there was nobody in there. There are no windows from which a person can come in or out. So it's the only entrance, and the only two individuals in that room for the next 10 minutes are these two guys. And then 10 minutes later, one guy walks out, and when they walk into the room, the second guy is lying on the ground, dead, with a bite, a human bite. You could see there was clearly human teeth, uh, impression in the back of that person, it seems somebody killed him by biting his back. Why is the bite in the back so significant? Where the location is, is very significant, because it means that he couldn't have done it to himself. In other words, in this case, it rules out every possibility. That means the evidence is so foolproof, there's no way that anyone could have done it, not even the victim couldn't have done it to himself. In the case of the knife, at least, there's this remote most unlikely possibility that he took the knife and did it to himself. Since we haven't seen it, maybe it's possible. But in this case, nobody can, you can't bite your own back. It's impossible. Nevertheless, so Tosfa says, in that case, we wouldn't need the witnesses to actually see it. It's enough the fact that we have such absolute compelling evidence is totally foolproof. In that case, we could prosecute. But the Rambam doesn't think so. And you have to actually see it. And the Tzemach Tzedek in the Sefer Chakira mentions this Rambam. He says that it seems that when it comes to capital punishment, the witnesses have to physically see the event. Even the most highly probable uh, circumstantial evidence is not enough. So says the Tzemach Tzedek, this is why the Rambam insists on invoking this legal concept of testimony when it comes to our belief in the divine source and origin of the Torah. Because what the Ramam is trying to say, the Torah is the source from which we learn all these laws, including the punishments that a court needs to administer to people that commit various crimes, including the death penalty. So in other words, to accept that the Torah is true means that we are accepting and validating the power of the courts to even execute. Because the Torah says so. If the Torah wouldn't have given us that authority, then who would be entitled to go kill another person just because he did something? We're taking human life into our own hands. It's only because the Torah authorized the Bezdin to do it. But then we have to believe that the Torah is Amos. The Torah comes from Hashem. Hashem is the only one who can give us the authority. He's the author of life, and he's the one who can give us the authority to take a life. So he says, it's a, it's a din in a fascist. The Ramam says, you need to have witnesses that saw Har Sinai. But now the question that Samasadik asks, but there's a din that aid me pay aid, that if witnesses don't show up in court, but they tell other witnesses what they saw, and the other witnesses come to Bezdin, and they say, we heard from the other witnesses that they saw the actual event. Talacha is eight mit pe this puzzle. You can only prosecute, especially in corporal punishment, in capital punishment cases, you can only prosecute if the witnesses themselves who saw the event come to Bezdin and report directly to Bezdin. So how can we then consider Harat Sinai uh, on a level of validity and veracity like two witnesses who come to Bezdin that they saw? The witnesses that saw her sin are not here today. They told it to their children, their children, their children. That's like witnesses telling other witnesses. Aid me, pay aid is not kosher. Says that Samasitic, that's not the case. It is not aid me, pay aid. It's not a witness from a witness. Because at the time, 
Here comes an interesting concept. The halacha is that when two witnesses saw an incident, and they come to a bezdin of three rabbis, in the case of capital punishment, they have to adjudicate with 20, 23 rabbis. With financial liabilities, it's three rabbis, capital punishment, 23. But they come in front of the rabbis and they testify what they saw. Once their testimony has been verified through rigid interrogations, as the law requires and specifies what these interrogations involve, and they have passed the test, and the, the Bezdin had substantiated that their testimony is true and valid, it no longer remains in the realm of testimony, it becomes a fact. The Bezdin, when they accept the testimony and they rule that that man is guilty based on the testimony, it, it's no longer witnesses reporting. Witnesses cannot pass on their testimony to other witnesses, but once Bezdin substantiated that their testimony is correct, it becomes not a, te- a matter of testimony, it becomes a matter of fact. Fact can be transmitted to next generations. Um, and, and that's what the Tzimazek said, that basically what the Ramam is arguing, that this is a real legal matter. The fact that the Torah is emes is not just because we as human beings are skeptics and we need to have some ways to understand it. The Ramam is trying to validate um, the veracity of Torah within, on legal grounds, on Torah legal grounds.